I said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, today is uh, interesting because the wheels are starting to fall off of the COVID train. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to play some clips today that are going to just pretty much blow your mind. And everything we've been saying about COVID is coming true. And that Fauci really does belong in jail. But now we actually have the goods to bring this guy down. There's a smoking gun, and it's from Project Veritas. Their undercover work went a long way. But you got this guy named uh, Gupta, you know, uh, from CNN. CNN's Gupta uh, had uh, uh, was on Joe Rogan and admitted that CNN lied uh, about the ivermectin being, you know, a, a mitigating treatment, a therapeutic, and lied and said it was a horse uh, animal drug. And, of course, Joe Rogan was holding the bottle of ivermectin in his hand. And so people are going to have to explain why they're lying. At the same time, though, you got to figure... Joe Biden's going to Georgia to push some sort of COVID man. Uh, no, actually, he's pushing election uh, uh, reform, which is fraud reform. Uh, Stacey Abrams isn't even going to uh, join him for that uh, because they don't want a photo op together, obviously, because Joe Biden is such a loser. And Stacey Abrams couldn't win if they uh, post a photograph of Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden all over the place. So, Mr. 81 million votes, no one wants to be seen photographed with him if they're a politician. What's that about? Right? Doesn't make any sense. So, we have a lot of different various clips that we want to play today and get them out of the way and, uh, and enjoy those and then, and then go about our business about, uh, um, let's see, uh, <laughs> 
I'm uh, I'm looking at my look look. We had some technical difficulties as well, and so I'm dealing with troubleshooting as well. But we're going to go ahead and play um, this clip, uh, and this clip is going to be from Dr. Walensky, from the the head of CDC, where she basically says that 75 percent of COVID deaths occurred in people with at least four comorbidities, four co- comorbidities. of COVID deaths occurred in people with at least four comorbidities. The numbers are starting to come out and they're distancing themselves from uh, the administration and they're starting to speak truth to power because the truth is starting to come out in more ways than you could shake a stick at. And they're trying to get ahead of this is what's happening. Let's take a listen. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. The overwhelming... So I play that clip because it's hard to, it's almost hard to fathom. Breaking, CDC director admits that over 75% of COVID deaths are in people with at least four comorbidities. That's something that uh, Jenny Beth Martin said. Uh, The Bradford file writes, never forget Dr. Fauci has been lying about this virus for two years to save himself. And Alex Brenson is my spirit animal, public public domaniac, writes, let's put two and two together, shall we? On Thursday, a judge told the FDA, okay, this is the kicker right here. Let's put two and two together. On Thursday, a judge... Uh, told the FDA to start releasing the Pfizer test results in a few weeks. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that case, that was a case where Pfizer said it's going to basically take 50 years to get all the data out there. It was like something like 50 pages a month or something like that. And what happened was they said, no, 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 you're going to, you're supposed to release 500,000 pages a month. Don't give me that. And so now that the truth was going to be set free, this is what's hap- actually happening. So when he says, now, uh, now he's not talking about a Supreme Court judge, he's talking about a federal judge, said on Thursday of last week, a judge told the FDA to start releasing the Pfizer test results in a few weeks. The weekend CDC director, uh, this weekend, the CDC director and others start dropping truth bombs. No relationship there? Right. So that's the... Uh, and Nishan Garrett, who's part of the Athletes for uh, uh, Medical Freedom, it is the first responsibility of every citizen to question authority. Benjamin Franklin writes that. Now, what? why that's significant is Nation Garrett is a Cornell wrestler, graduated. He's uh, uh, been trying to make the Olympic team. He's really a great kid. And um, he's partnered up with a a team of wrestlers, uh, amateur wrestlers that compete for the uh, Olympic gold and world championships, namely David Taylor, who's taken a lead on this, and, and Kyle Dake. Uh, these are some of the greatest wrestlers that our country's ever produced. And they're on the side of uh, athletes for uh, med- medical freedom. 
And it's because, you know, wrestlers have a strict diet and what they put in their bodies is, uh, is very, very choice, you know, very, very particular. So we just heard that. Now let's listen to Jake Tapper and Dr. Gupta talk about, uh, talk about how misleading COVID hospitalization numbers are. So CNN's now trying to get ahead of this. So the hospitals are still stretched thin because of this. So I'm not trying to take away from that. But if 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got in a car accident. They get, they're there because, right. um, you know, they, they bump their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading. Yeah, I agree, Jake. It surprises me that they have not been able to parse out that data more carefully. I think the data that uh, uh, Dr. Olensky is quoting is from New York State, and we've been following that data as well. And I can show you what we've seen, uh, sort of sort of tracks with what she said. But out of all the patients that are in the hospital, about 57%, these are COVID patients, admitted because of or complications from COVID, 43% admitted for other reasons and then diagnosed with COVID. Uh, I think, you know, there needs to be transparency about that uh, in terms of for or with COVID. The only thing I will tell you, Jake, again, working in the hospital, is that at the time someone is then diagnosed with COVID, even if they didn't come in for that reason, it does take up a a lot of resources then in terms of infection protocols, personal protective equipment, more testing, all that kind of stuff. So even though that may not have been the initial impetus to bring him in the hospital, it just requires a lot, a lot of energy and resources uh, on behalf of the hospital staff and, and, and the, the testing and all that sort of stuff. So they, we need to get better about being able to see this data. New York State, I think, is one of the few states that's presenting it that way for or with COVID, but other states should follow suit. The American Heart Association, I'm sorry, American Health Association says they have a hard time sort of separating out that data, but clearly... New York State's been able to do it. Other states should do it as well. Yeah, we're two years into this, and to, we need the clearest picture possible. If somebody's in the hospital with a broken leg and they also have asymptomatic COVID, yeah. that should not be counted as hospitalized with COVID. So, so clearly, so they're not showing uh, the numbers on the screen like they used to against Trump. They use this as a political weapon, and now it's catching up with them, right? And that's that's the problem. Uh, it's caught up with them. This this whole virus thing is getting blown out of the water uh the whole joke about ivermectin is no longer a joke the cdc is basically admitting that 75 percent of the deaths associated with covid were were uh had four at least four comorbidities four that is an outright outrageous lie that has been told to us for how long they're now taking, not taking seriously asymptomatic spread because we already had Dr. Fauci and the WHO saying that w, uh, asymptomatic patients weren't really a big problem. And so now you get these sick uh, hospital workers in California because they're understaffed. Why? Because they were firing people for not getting vaccinated because this was all part of a uh, social credit score system that they were pushing out there. And they were trying to get the social credit score system so they could control populations, control speech, control how you vote, control what you do, control everything, every aspect of your life. 
This was part of the globalist agenda. This was part of their dream come true. You know, my father, uh, and for those of you that pray for people that uh, are not doing well, and I know I received many, many prayers, uh, my father uh, uh, was had to go to the ER yesterday, and he's going to be in the hospital for a little bit. And we're hoping and praying that he's okay. Uh, something to do with... Uh, um, a stroke, uh, but not really a stroke. Uh, he had brain surgery about five years ago, and um, he uh, his situation is uh, that he was had some vertigo and some dizziness, and uh, they're doing they've done some tests, CD scans, MRIs, and things like that, and I they, they don't really know what the problem is just yet, but they're going to figure it out and. And hopefully he'll be okay. But what he told me, because I spoke with him, and he was laying in the ER, he said the hospital in the Myrtle Beach area was completely overwhelmed and packed to the gourd, packed to the hilt. And um, he said it was all COVID patients. Now, I don't know what's going on there because I don't know anybody that's dying of COVID, and neither does he and I think it's a situation where this Omicron has the impact of a common cold, but people are so now afraid. People are afraid. They're fearing for their lives that even if they get a sniffle, and God forbid you're in the elevator and someone sneezes or coughs, it's winter. People get colds. People get colds. So it's not abnormal. Leonora and I were speaking yesterday and she said, I'm afraid to sneeze in public. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's winter time. It's freezing cold out. People get colds in the winter. And all of a sudden we're fearing our fellow man. I had this conversation with a uh, Lyft driver. I had to go give, get, get blood drawn yesterday because I have a doctor's appointment on Wednesday. And uh, uh, tomorrow, yeah. And, uh, you know, so we were talking about all this freedom and this uh, virtual reality that we're living in. Virtual reality games, virtual reality lifestyle, people are wearing masks. No wonder people are shooting people not thinking that they're really causing any damage because they think it's a shooter game in virtual reality world. But it's real life. And to every person I've had this philosophical question with regarding ownership, like, for example, do you own any albums anymore? Do you own any vinyl? Do you own any CDs? No, you don't own your music. You lease it. You subscribe to it on Spotify or Apple Music or something else. And it's interesting, but we don't own anything anymore. I'll get a Lyft. I would have had to buy a car if I didn't have a Lyft or an Uber. But I, I used the gig, gig economy to get me around. And it's just easier, better. Car comes, picks you up. You feel like a celebrity. But instead, you know, now if you live in the suburbs, it's different. But I mean, uh, for a lot of people, they're on, the, they're on the, uh, that line, defining line of whether you need a car. If I go and I fly to a, a city, I don't need to rent a car. I just get a Uber or Lyft. I don't have to deal with parking, the, the car leasing, 
the whole thing. I don't have to deal with it. But in the old days, we used to own things. We used to own our own car. We used to own our own music. We used to own our own books. But now we just get them on Kindle, subscribe to a, a service. Everything is leased. Everything is uh, virtual. Everything is through our phones. And it's changing who we are as people. These virtual reality games are more realistic than ever before. And now that they've shoved masks on us, in our faces, what is that doing to this generation who grew up with video games and virtual reality services? They don't own any music. We're no longer territorial. We have nothing to fight with. Fight, uh, fight for, I mean, defend. We have nothing to defend. And then when you open up the borders and your fellow man doesn't even know your country's history, doesn't even know what color your flag is, doesn't know who your president is, and they have no concept of borders because they came here from somebody else, somewhere else, you see where this is going. This philosophical discussion is becoming a reality. We don't even have the truck driver driving the truck anymore. It's electric or it's, it's driverless. When that happens, I mean, it's happening. How is that affecting us? Now, you know, I'm well enough long, long in a tooth to where I'm probably not going to be, you know, changing my stripes. But these kids, they're, they're a byproduct of this. I don't want to say they're a victim of it. Because I really don't know what's right and wrong. I don't know if the way we did it was right and the way they're doing it is wrong. I, I have no idea right and wrong. That's not what this t- discussion's about. The discussion is about how it's going to change us as a human species, as a people. What is it doing to us? And this whole COVID thing is part of it. It's an experiment. And it keeps us so we can't talk to each other. We're afraid of someone sneezing around us. We look at these people as complete strangers. And by putting a mask on us makes us all zombies, which is what the Communist Party loves, right? Zombies. They want everybody to look the same, be the same, say the same thing, do the same. Robots, like worker bees. Like what China has done to the Uyghurs like what China has done to their workforce. They're, they're not people, they're workers. And the unions, workers unite. Right? And the liberals who want those votes to be reliable, they can count on it. You know, there was a good movie uh, came out about 20-something years ago called Pleasantville. And... Toby McGuire was in it. Reese Witherspoon was in it. And it was a black and white town that they, they, they went back in time. It was a black and white town. And then it became color. Individuals became lit up. And it's kind of an interesting concept, but we, we have to have our own independence. We have to have our own individuality. That's how we get winners and losers. But, you know, when we talked about last week, Kamala Harris's push for equity instead of equality. Like equality's not enough anymore. 
It used to be that equality was what we strive for. Now they want equity. Equity is a dangerous thing. Equality is fine. You know, if you can increase your lot in life from where you came from, that's, uh, that's a plus. And equality gives you that opportunity and that chance. You know, Kale Sanderson is a great wrestler. Uh, he was a coach. He's coach wrestling coach for Penn State. And he always preaches about gratitude. And we talk about gratitude a lot on this show because it's a big word in my life. But what's important about it is what he says and what, what drove it home for me because I was a wrestler and I knew that losing was so horrible and winning was so great. Um, but what he was saying was whether you win or you lose doesn't change the fact that you should be grateful for the opportunity that you have to compete with the best team in the, in the land in college wrestling. You get to compete under the lights with the cheering, adoring crowd, whether you win or lose. You know how many kids would love that opportunity to do that? That's special. Gratitude. And like I said, when I came back from my illness, I had gratitude. Not, I wasn't feeling like a victim. I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. There were times, moments when I did. And there was moments when I teared up and I was in a hard place. But there are moments when you look up and you look out and you think and you say, you know what? I'm grateful for what I have because there's so many people that have it worse. And that gets you through life. That is part of scripture. That is part of why religion is so important in our society. That's why having a town community and a town church and having a sense of community, and knowing the faces. You know, I get people who complain about the faces poem uh, and write in and say, I'm sick and tired of that poem and whatever. But that poem is all about faces. And in a time when we're wearing masks, I thought it was appropriate that we understand that we are humans and we need each other. And so the experiment is in the wheels of this experiment are starting to fall off. Starting to fall off. Now let's take a look at another big lie because we're going to get to the grand doozy of lies here in just a moment. Okay, we're going to get to the grand, grand one, which is the Project Veritas expose about the military bioweapon that Fauci was connected with. And now, Walensky and Fauci, who are now seeing things a little differently, are really going to have to face facts because one of the things that we shouldn't be having to do is wear the masks, the stupid masks. I got a couple more audio video clips. Let's take a listen to this doctor talking about the efficacy of masks. Hey, everybody. Uh, Greg Schmadies here. Um, I'd like to talk real briefly and help you walk through the evidence on mask wearing. Uh, I think this is really important. I'm here in New Mexico. Our governor just uh, mandated another time uh, for mask wearing for people indoors. And uh, the CDC, as well as some other sources, are claiming to have evidence um, to wear masks. 
And so as an evidence-based physician, I'm, I'm indifferent to uh, wearing a mask or not. I, I wear a mask all day at work anyway as a surgeon, and I just want to do what the evidence shows. Um, the evidence I've seen is overwhelmingly in favor of saying that masks worn by the general public out just, you know, out in public places, um, they, they don't work. And so I was confused as to why the CDC claims to have this data. So I just thought real quick, I would run that, uh, run you through some of the data in just a couple of minutes to help you have, I'm not trying to convince you of anything, I want to help you have intelligent discussions with people at your workplace and your family. And so I just went to uh, right here, the live CDC website, okay, um, on, uh, it's, it's entitled uh, Science Brief, Community Use of Cloth Masks to Control the Spread of SARS-CoV-2, okay? And let's just go to their very top study. So this is their website. You'd kind of think and assume that maybe their number one listed study would be some big uh, prospective trial and, and follow up on patients and testing people for COVID. And I, and I, <laughs> I it's hard not to kind of laugh here. This is their number one uh, paper that they cite when they claim to have evidence that masks reduce COVID transmission. Um, an investigation of a high exposure event in which two ill hairstylists, two ill hairstylists, and that's, that's CDC's number one top paper that they cite uh, to claim that <laughs> masks work. Number two, 124 Beijing households. I'm, I'm just reading straight from the website here, okay? 124 Beijing households. Um, so it gets cut off there, but you get to see where the guy is going with that. Uh, here's, here's a little bit more to this. Study on an outbreak at the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, I actually took the time to look up that paper and, and read it. It was uh, self-reported from the, uh, the 382 uh, U.S. Navy people that were on that uh, aircraft carrier, and they were just self-reported on a, on a piece of paper. Did you, did you kind of wear a mask or not? Um, and, and that was it, okay? So, so that is the data right here that they're claiming. They, finally, they have a list of, uh, they just have a paragraph here. You can go to the website, Google it yourself, of all supposedly all these studies, and they have a table that goes down. I'm going to switch the uh, camera over here so you can see this. This is really important because in public health, look at this, just the month of May, the month of March only, uh, February to March, April to May. Um, here's a bigger one, January to August, but all, all this, th th this study is just, when, uh, when Arizona had this mandatory mask wearing, and, and it's a temporal association. So, I mean, we have no, they have no proof that, that uh, COVID cases would have, would have changed during that time regardless of, of that. It's just an observational study. So in, in public health, the, the problem with what the, what, what the CDC is doing in listing these studies is that they're, they have these studies that are just a few months of a snapshot of what the virus is doing. That's not how we do public health. We're talking about long-term data. Um, you can't just cherry pick a few months. And so the, the, the study that I like to cite is the Denmark study. And this is, I'm gonna wrap this up. This is the very, very important point when we have this discussion. If you, if you scroll up on this website, this, once again, the CDC's live website where they claim to have this data, uh, they actually attack the Denmark study that I like to, to cite. 
Remember, this is the authoritative study where they designed the study from the get-go and then performed the study uh, prospectively. That's very important. In, in medicine, it's considered a lower level of evidence just to look back on the past and say, let's try to gather the data. If you design your study from the get-go, it's much more high-quality data. Here, here's, here's what's important, and this is very concerning to me, very concerning. The Denmark study was 3,030 people. 3,030. And if you read... Okay, so what's going on right here is it's just it's in pieces. So let's take a listen to this final clip. ...would have changed during that time regardless of, of that. It's just an observational study. So in, in public health, the, the problem with what the, what, what the CDC is doing in listing these studies is that they're, they're these studies that are just a few months of a snapshot of what the virus is doing. That's not how we do public health. We're talking about long-term data. Um, you can't just cherry-pick a few months. And so the, the, the study that I like to cite is the Denmark study. And this is, I'm going to wrap this up. This is the very, very important point when we have this discussion. If you, if you scroll up on this website, this, once again, the CDC's live website where they claim to have this data, uh, they actually attack the Denmark study that I like to, to cite. Remember, this is the authoritative study where they designed the study from the get-go and then performed the study uh, prospectively. That's very important. In, in medicine, it's considered a lower level of evidence just to look back on the past and say, let's try to gather the data. If you design your study from the get-go, it's much more high-quality data. Here, here's, here's what's important, and this is very concerning to me, very concerning. The Denmark study was 3,030 people, 3,030. And if you read on their website right now, and I quote, okay, the study was too small, end quote. That's what the CDC says. It was too small. And the studies that they cite on their website, 382 U.S. Navy men and women, two hairstylists, 124 Beijing households, and they're saying that the Denmark study was, was too small. That, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say about it. it it's just I, I think they maybe they, they don't think people will actually go through and read these papers. I really don't know. But, but now this is a nice review of, of what, what the CDC is saying. We've got to think critically. I want to reinstate trust in the CDC. We need the CDC in America. We need sound science and academic inquiry. So please go over this website with your friends and family, with your coworkers, doctors, get into the hospitals, go talk to your patients about this, please. Because this it's black and white, it's right there on their website, you can go. There you go. So, you know, masks are being exposed. That's number one. Number two, 75% of the COVID deaths, 75% according to the CDC's director, uh, that person says, that, well, Senator, with all due respect, the, uh, I disagree with some of the things the, uh, that you've said. You're still desired. unwilling to admit that they gained in function. They gained in lethality. Uh, my apologies on that. I'm queuing things up here. But uh, in any case, 75% of the COVID deaths, four comorbidities or more. Uh, before we get to the major clip that I want to play today, and again, um, I want to play this one Rogan clip. And then also, one other thing. The president of uh, the CEO of Pfizer says two doses of the vaccine offers very limited protection, if any. 
three doses with a booster offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and death, less protection against infection. So it sounds to me like he's like Apple's cook or Microsoft's Bill Gates pushing a new release of the software or a new version of the iPhone. Um, And this is the way he sees his profitability. Plus, he hedged his bets by buying Arena Pharmaceuticals for myocarditis and other heart ailments and issues. So, here we go. Let's take a listen to the CEO from Pfizer. Uh, And we know that um, the the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, Against deaths, I think, very good. Um, And less protection against uh, infection. Now, we are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way, that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And, uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. We'll be ready in March. A new release, 1.1, version 1.1. Sounds like software, doesn't it? You know, the thing is, is that when is it ever going to end? Got one polio shot, polio, 50 years ago. Polio, boom, done. No no more polio, right? One shot. What has happened to us? So even Jake Tapper is starting to question, as we heard that clip, that audio clip today. Talking to Dr. Gupta, who basically was... Sort of defending, though, you know, well, people, you know, the hospitals have to have these COVID uh, medicate, uh, uh, systems in place because, you know, they don't want it to spread through the hospital. Gotcha. But this fear tactic is overwhelming hospitals right now. People with the common cold think they have Omicron. Or people with the common cold have Omicron and the test is positive. And so now, because they have the equivalent of a common cold, they have to be hospitalized in some way or treated in some way. When ivermectin was available to us all this time and all the powers that be, the liberals and the media, were pushing nonsense that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were, were ineffective or that they were made for other things, a fish aquarium or, or a horse. And they would make this stuff up. And these were affordable mitigating therapeutics. And we could have had benefit of that and saved tons of lives in addition to the fact that they were overcounting the COVID deaths, because hospitals were, A, making money off of COVID declarations. That's number one. <clears throat> and number two, people are afraid of what they might have. And even now, I think that the tests are going up positive for Omicron because they've tweaked the tests, I believe. And you could have a serious cold and it could be 
showing up as a COVID version uh, that's called Omicron. And again, if you have a sore throat, that might be Omicron. If you have a sore chest, that might be Delta. But they're different strains of different things. And it seems like only the vaccinated are really getting this stuff. Let's take a listen to Dr. Gupta and Joe Rogan. Let's see what they have to say about the ivermectin and CNN lying. Horse dewormer is not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network. It, and it's it, a lie that's a willing, that's, that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Well, the FDA put this thing out. You saw that. Did you see that thing that the FDA put out? What did the FDA put out? <laughs> it was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, stop taking this stuff, or something like that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel the, Prize. The Nobel Prize in 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah, no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie? And say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine, motherfucker. <laughs> this is Sorry ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is th- but don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. You got this it with right you. here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do you, the, the thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's to, a problem that your news network was not, lies? Well, I don't. I don't. Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill because there were people that were taking it the veterinary medication and i you're not obviously you got it from a doctor so that it shouldn't be called that ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease and as you say it's probably you know i think what a quarter billion people have taken it around the world more, i get that way more so way but, more can, billions can, of people have taken it can i just come back to the one i want to talk about I, two, no, no, two, no, no, two no, things no. on you the ledger to, you have before we get to that does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied. Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask. You I didn't, didn't think that was did, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before. But they coming did it the with such glee. No, yes, Joe. There you go. <laughs> they lied, right? And he had to admit it, pretty much. <coughs> Caller, you're on the air. Hey, morning, Scott. Good morning. Um, you know. Uh, we've talked before about this. Um, I, I think this. I think this goes more um, evidence that it's uh, it's possible that the people aren't getting the actual shot. Um, some are. I think most are not. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of placebo okay. or, or saline, and and I think people that are getting these. Uh, uh, the, I think if you have not had any um, side effects. You didn't get the real shot. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. And you're walking around thinking that you're protected uh, and mingling around. I mean, it just isn't it logical? Well, I, the profitability would go up for Pfizer if they were giving water out and saline and out instead of, uh, you know, what a scam. Well, and there's no real chain of custody for proving that. What a boom. Right. You know, how much money but, would they but, be making? But think of, 
but think about it. Okay, in the time that they developed this thing and put it out there to the public, that's never been done uh, on humans before. Um, do you think they would actually give everybody the shot? I mean, they would have to have the, a control group, right? Oh, there's a lot. We could, we could actually spend an hour talking about this subject in terms of... Uh... So I think what they're doing is they're, they're slowly administering the actual vaccine via the booster. That's what the boosters are. The boosters are slowly spreading it to, to more and more people because they don't have enough of this thing to go billions of hundreds of billions of, of okay. doses. I mean, in the time that they've got. So that's what they're so doing. So you're they're saying the people, booster is the spreader? Well, no, I'm saying the booster, The uh, each time you get a booster, there's more of a chance you'll get the actual vaccine, is what I'm saying. Oh, I I'm see. saying they don't know, they don't know, well, the people administering it don't know if they're giving the real one or the fake yeah. one. But but what what was happening is, since the company doesn't have enough and it's taking too long to produce it, they're only letting a little bit out, and the rest is saline, or might even be the just the regular flu shot. Who knows? I don't but, know. Yeah, I don't know. So no, I know. I, I don't know. I'm just saying this is this is theoretical on my part, and I admit that. But I'm using you know observation to to you know yeah. guide my thoughts well, here. Uh, so what they do, they don't have enough of it to go around, so they they let it out little by little, and and they're actually. Uh, as they make it, they put it out through the boosters. Okay. So as you get the so so you might get the first shot, a saline. The second shot, another saline. The third shot, there you yeah. go. There's your there's your actual shot. All right. Well, we got we're running out of time, and I got I, I got to get to the uh, Project right. Veritas video. But uh, all right, thanks for taking my call. All right, take it easy. All right. Um, so we're probably not going to take any more calls today uh, because we are out of time. Uh, we're running out of time. Um, Benny writes, it's time for a serious, reasonable members of Congress to, for calmly demand, to calmly demand the only sensible course of action given the new evidence. Criminal charges against Dr. Fauci now. America has had enough. Bill M- Malugan writes, after relieving the charts... After reviewing, I'm sorry, reviewing the charts of every COVID positive patient at UCSF hospitals on January 4th, Dr. Neen Noble, Gene Noble, an associate professor of emergency medicine at USCF, determined that 70% of them were in the hospital for other reasons. Okay, so that's in line with 75%. Lauren Bobart writes, for every uh Dollar that Joe Biden has spent fighting COVID, less than a 10, 10 cents actually went toward fighting COVID. To the caller's point, maybe. Uh, our tax dollars are being lit on fire. And that must stop as well. So now let's take a listen to this Project Veritas. This is going to blow you away, folks. This is the, uh, this is, you'll, we always save the best for last, right? So we want people to stay with us. But this one's a good one. This, check out this Project Veritas before it gets taken down on YouTube. The things that you've said. You're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function. They gained in lethality. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable. We're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous. And for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. <laughs> 
Project Veritas has obtained never-before-seen military documents regarding the origins of COVID-19, gain-of-function research, vaccines, potential treatments which have been suppressed, and the government's effort to conceal all of this. Dr. Anthony Fauci has testified many times before Congress stating that the U.S. government was never involved in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. But That's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in right. lethality. It's a right. new virus. That's not gain of function? According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable... We're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. You have said that I am unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. That assertion is based on the NIH's definition of gain of function. However, the documents we've obtained refute that. The documents in question stem from a report of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret share drive. But what is DARPA? They are an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense, which facilitates research and technology with potential military applications. Dr. Stephen Walker was the director of DARPA at the time of the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. A source sent us this video of Dr. Walker talking about research they were exploring related to mRNA technology and its potential application with military personnel in the field. DARPA, about five or six years ago, we stood up an office called the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand how biology worked and then build design, uh, design, build, and test cycles where you could um, engineer microorganisms to do things that you want to do. Though the main report regarding the EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the Internet a couple of months ago, it has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report to the Inspector General that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal was named Project Diffuse. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium, despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal. They went ahead with the research at Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained his position, under oath, that the NIH and NIAID have not been involved in gain-of-function research with the EcoHealth Alliance program. This appears to be contradictory to Major Murphy's analysis and the rejection from the Biological Technologies Office at DARPA. Major Murphy's report goes on to detail great concern over the COVID-19 gain-of-function program, the concealment of documents, the suppression of potential curatives like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and the mRNA vaccines. 
To be clear, Major Murphy is not the source of our reporting. As far as we're aware, he has done nothing that violates his oath of service to our country. We were able to track him down, and though he couldn't go into detail about the hidden documents, he did offer this heartfelt statement. I offer no comments on the investigation or internal Marine Corps deliberations. I offer a brief comment to those that desire answers and to those that withhold them. To those seeking answers, I offer encouragement. There are good people striving for the truth, working together in and out of government, and they succeed. To those that withhold, I pray for you. Find the moral courage to come forward. Don't let a lie be our legacy to posterity. People will forgive. A commitment to truth is in the heart of this nation. Semper Fi. Project Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the hidden documents and spoke with the Chief of Communications, Jared Adams. Doesn't sound normal to me, no. Like I said, if, it, if something resides in a classified setting, then it should be appropriately marked. I'm not at all familiar with unmarked documents that reside in a classified in a classified space. No, um, that like I said, that doesn't doesn't sound like. I mean, it's it's not good practice to put unmarked materials in, um, you know, in a in a classified space. But there may be there may be cause to because um, something is determined to be classified, um, but it wasn't you know originally marked appropriately. I'd be happy, Robert, honestly, to investigate and you know talk to the people who would own this document within the agency. Ideally, the you know the director of our biological technologies office or the deputy director of that office, and try to ascertain you know why it was the case. So here's the question: If the Department of Defense, the same people who make our nuclear arsenal, felt this research was too dangerous to proceed with. Why in the world did the NIH, NIAID, and EcoHealth Alliance recklessly disregard the risks involved? Did they purposefully change the definition of gain of function in order to bypass the moratorium? Further, who at DARPA made the decision to bury the original report that could have raised red flags to the Pentagon, the White House, or Congress, which may have prevented this entire pandemic that has led to the deaths of 5.4 million people worldwide? caused much pain and suffering to many millions more. There it is. And not only that, remember, we had Jim Jordan uh, talk about the letters that Fauci was writing and then also the editing of the circular reporting uh, that he had going out to uh, create a narrative. Um, And so we were right about the idea that this was a bioweapon and that Fauci was working with the Pentagon. But what we didn't know is this was actually too hot to handle for even the Pentagon, which explains why it is that this never really got out, that this was classified, this was top secret, and there was many things that Trump probably knew uh, that actually, we're going to go ahead and silence that for just a second, There's many things that Trump probably knew that he couldn't say, obviously, because it's classified. It's top secret. And it's national security. It's involving other countries. So that involves the State Department. That involves the Pentagon. That involves the Department of Defense, the Department of National uh, Homeland Security, uh, and a lot of other, uh, obviously, our CIA, because anything dealing with the State Department is dealing with the CIA. Interestingly enough, too, um, uh, 
they they're start they they found uh forget what country they found a CIA uh uh holding uh establishment um where it's being revealed um there's a lot of new revelations coming out about the CIA and about the state department and some of the underhanded things that they have been doing but there's a lot more to it than that even so in any case this is just the beginning uh, of Fauci's troubles. Fauci, I think, I think Fauci is going to be in big trouble over this and could end up seeing the inside of a jail cell. Uh, but with that, uh, that brings us to the end, well to the end of our Scott Adams show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We're not going to have any exit music because this audio clip ran over a little bit. Um, but I wanted to share this with you. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. Check out our 501c3 nonprofit organization, buglecall.org and magapack.org. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to their necks Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from the Scott Adams Show on Red State Talk Radio. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. My pillow won't go flat. You can wash and dry it as many times as you want, and it maintains its shape. It's made in the USA. Plus, you support Red State Talk Radio when you shop at my pillow. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight, regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products up to sixty six percent, including Giza Dream bed sheets, the my pillow mattress topper, and my pillow towel sets. Just go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code Red State or call one eight hundred nine six one nine one nine four and use promo code red state you can also find this information on redstatetalkradio.com that's promo code red state act today to save and support red state talk radio for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com the path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers the principles of freedom liberty personal responsibility and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon america is listening grassroots Common Sense, Conservative Talk Radio. It's on the Internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio, featuring some of the most popular Internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com.